Whether we're aware of it or not, whether you're, you're thinking about it or not, um, we all have expectations about everything in life. <coughs> I ate lunch at the Chick-fil-A today. Um, when, when the dude calls me up to the counter, I expect that he's going to ask me what I want to order. Uh, he expects me to tell him. And by the way, I think the kid was like seven. Where, where are the child labor laws in the Chick-fil-A's? You know what I'm saying? It's like the only public place you go to and you're like, can you spell your name yet? Where's your chicken? You know, it's hilarious. So he expects that. Uh, when I place my order, I expect to step to the side and them to call my name. Hey, Bosco, here's your order. It's, that's always my go-to name. Bonanza knows why. Um, so check it. When I get back in my car, I expect to crank it and it work. When I get back to my office, I expect to, you know, click the uh, trackpad on my Mac and it wake up. I mean, we all do this 24-7. We have expectations of how a thing's supposed to be, how a thing is supposed to go. Well, listen, one of the primary places that we have ingrained and learned expectations is this, relationships, primarily dating. We all have expectations when it comes to this topic of dating. We all do. Uh, some of your expectations are... It'll happen one day. You know, someday down the road, it'll happen. Some of your expectations are, eh, it's just not going to happen. You know, it's just not going to be me ever. It's not going to happen. Some of you expect that when it does happen, when you, when you maybe start to date, you have expectations about what it's going to look like. You have expectations about uh, who that significant other is going to be. Uh, for some of you, if it's going to happen down the road, if and when, um, you have expectations for what's it going to feel like. This is how it's going to make me feel. This is how it's going to change me. So we all do. I mean, whether you have sat in your bedroom and thought about it or not, you all have expectations when it comes to the issue of of dating. And your expectations about dating, they're they're, um, they're kind of a combination of two things. One, ingrained expectations. Okay? So remember, we're relational people, and I've been laying out this framework for how we're designed to be in relationships, and we naturally want it, we naturally sing it, uh, seek it. Okay, so that's one of our expectations. Was that a goat? <coughs> Sounded like it. Please silence your phones and like get off Instagram. It's always funny when I get home and I can like see when you've done stuff on Facebook and Twitter. I was like, wait a minute, I was there in my second point then. Um, All right, so we have ingrained expectations about relationships. And then the other one that we have is we have expectations that are taught to us. You know, there's no shortage of preaching available to you um, concerning what dating is supposed to look like out there. There's no shortage of that. So we have these two kind of competing things. One is just we're, we're designed by God to function relationally. So we have these kind of expectations. The other is we're learn, we learn how to date. And I cannot wait to get into just hilarious observations over the past decade I've had of, you know, how, how it happens and where it goes. And you're, you're going to be blown away. I have it down to a T. You're going to laugh. So we have these. We're being taught how to date. How do you first get together? How do you date? What's it look like? So we're, we're, we're taught expectations and we have them. And it can all get really confusing because don't we just want the truth? I mean, wouldn't it be great if you just got the truth? If the culture around us didn't lie about it and just gave it, gave us what was true. Okay, be honest. How many of you have seen The Notebook? Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's, a little, there's some shame in there. Like, Ian's like, okay. <laughs> Big deal. I red-boxed it on Blu-ray last weekend, you know. Okay, so you've seen The Notebook. Now, check it. This is a, this is a movie. 
about love and all of that good stuff. But wouldn't it be great if the trailer, if the preview to the notebook was was honest? You know, instead of painting this picture of endless bliss and a 24-7 rush of ecstasy, what if we could just get the truth? Well, this is maybe what the truth would look like, okay? So check it. We all have expectations. If the notebook told the truth, this is maybe what we'd get. This Valentine's Day, revisit the film that reminds you that no matter how much you love each other, you're both going to grow old and die. The Notebook. From sappy author Nicholas Sparks comes the timeless romance that paved the way for millions of people to form unrealistic expectations of their real-life relationships. Meet Allie, an attractive, wealthy Southern Belle whose biggest problem is that everyone adores her. Meet Noah, a poor country boy whose entire family is dead. When these two find each other, he'll criticize her for being a pushover and then constantly tell her what to do. Get in the water! Get in! Get in the water! And she will abandon him on numerous occasions. Together, they'll be so indecisive, you'll wonder why they're even trying. I love him. I love him. I hate you. I hate you. I love him. Now I hate you. I need you to tell him that I love him. If you leave here, I hate you. Do you guys love each other? Look at us, we're already fighting. Well, that's what we do. A love that taught an entire generation of women that it's perfectly okay to string along a sweet, handsome, supportive guy as long as you're able to satisfy your every impulsive desire. Okay, should I be worried? No, I don't think so. A movie so generic yet inexplicably popular, it's basically the Olive Garden of love stories. And a romance that will make nagging girlfriends ask, why aren't you more like Ryan Gosling? Prompting all boyfriends to ask, can we please just watch Die Hard? Prepare to relive the bad driving. The violence. The shirtlessness. The red dresses. The more shirtlessness. The horrible slurping. And the death of feminism. I'm a stupid woman. I shouldn't have come. I'm a stupid woman. Starring Perfection, Rachel McAdams Apple, Newsies, Julia Stiles, Joseph Stalin, Fancy Cyclops, James Garnish, and an old lady. (laughs) The movie your girlfriend will make you watch. So wait, he wrote hundreds of letters but couldn't just call her once? Ugh, could have saved me two hours. Thanks for watching. <laughs> so, so what if it could be like that? What if the honest truth could come out? I mean, listen, did you catch some of the unbelievable, valuable nuggets in there? Listen, the timeless romance that paved the way for millions of people to form unrealistic expectations of their real-life relationships. That's pretty insightful, isn't it? How about this one? A love that taught a generation of women that it's perfectly okay to string along a sweet, handsome, supportive guy as long as you're able to satisfy your every impulsive desire. It's the American way, isn't it? Or this is the best one. Why aren't you more like Ryan Gosling? I, I get that a lot, unfortunately. 
But here's, here's the, the reality is most of us have unrealistic expectations when it comes to dating. And, I mean, yes, it's because of, of, you know, stupid, influenced ridiculousness like the notebook and other cultural things. But mainly it's because we don't even know what dating is, really. I mean, we, we really don't know how to define it, and we don't know what it is, because your knowledge is based only on this just kind of American uh, cultural expectation of what it is and what it's supposed to, to do and how it's supposed to function and what it looks like. And so here's what we're going to do. We're going to dive in head first. Um, into the dating world um, this week, and, and I got to tell you a few things. And here's some questions. I'm going to give you kind of a kind of a laundry list, just things I've jotted down of th- that I want to answer, things that I want you to get um, as as we kind of walk through this the next few weeks before moving on to to sex. Um, first of all, I want to go. What is dating? You know, what is dating? Um, should I date? Um, if I am, or if I do, how do I know how to do it right? Uh, what if I choose not to date? Uh, am I weird or undesirable if I haven't, uh, aren't, uh, won't? Uh, do I date only Christians? Uh, what about when I cross lines in dating? Uh, what are the lines in dating? How serious is dating? Who do I date? Uh, all of my friends are dating but me. What does that mean? And so on and so on and so on. So I think I got my finger on the pulse of, of things that you're talking about, things that you're maybe wondering, questions that you have, ingrained questions, uh, and they're good ones. But here's the tricky thing when it comes to talk about dating. And I told you this, and I wanted to be very upfront at the beginning. The tricky thing uh, when it comes to a, a shepherd, a pastor talking about dating is that there's just, there's just not a lot in this book that addresses um, the specific topic of this thing that we call dating. There's just not. And do you know why? And I'm going to unpack a lot of this later. It's because we've, we've made up dating. We've, we've made this category up. We've made up what dating is. And so, so this doesn't have a lot of specific things to say about it. Because here's what we've got. Um, in God's Word, we've got information about how we're supposed to relate to the opposite sex in a couple of different relationships that are very clear in God's Word, very specific. Um, We have how to relate to the opposite sex when it comes to family relationships. Um, We have how to relate to the opposite sex when it comes to uh, neighbor kind of relationships, just we're not married, but we're not family. Um, We have some pretty clear direction on um, opposite sex relationships when it comes to marriage. Obviously, a lot of stuff in there. So what we've kind of done with this dating thing is we've kind of, kind of, kind of put this fourth thing in there somewhere. That's like, well, like we're, we're not married, but like we kind of want some of the benefits of marriage. But we're not just like neighbors. I mean, we're more than neighbors. We're, we're you know, we're, we're more than just people. We're more than you know, uh, family. So what happens is these three things that God's word is pretty specific on. You know, 200 years ago, basically, we, we invent a thing called dating, and we kind of shove it in there. But what's, what's bad about when we invent a thing? Well, then we're, the, we're kind of the authors. We're the rule makers, right? Now, before you gather that I'm saying, oh, well, the Bible says nothing um, on dating, and therefore it's completely um, has nothing to do with this. Before you hear me say that, I want you to slow down. Because here's what I want to be specific about. The, ba- the Bible... While it doesn't speak specifically, it speaks generally. 
Okay, so while it doesn't, uh, hey, turn to Colossians 2, verse 6, it says a thing about when you've been dating for six months. While it doesn't speak specifically about the topic of dating, it does speak generally. So here's what we're after as we look at dating. We're not looking after, all right, Ephesians verse 1, uh, verse 7 says this about my boyfriend of eight months. What we're looking for, we need wisdom. We need discernment. Okay, and this is what I spent the last couple of weeks talking about. We don't have it on our own. So when it comes to dating, we need wisdom and we need discernment because here's what that does. That gives us enough to be able to formulate um, a wise and a discerning view of this thing called dating. And like I told you from the beginning, I want to be very dogmatic on things that Scripture is dogmatic about. That means things that it's very black and white about and it's going boom. I want to go boom. So I want to be dogmatic where it's dogmatic, but where it's not dogmatic, I don't want to be dogmatic. Um, So here's what that's going to look like for us. Some of you might disagree um, with some of the ideas that I'll present to you, some of the things that I will tell you. Some of you might go, nope, sorry, not for me. Hopefully, some of the things I say you, you will agree with and you will see. You know, because you might kind of pull out the, well, show me where it says that. You know, what verse says it, not to do that or to do this? And I'll go, well, there ain't no verse that says not to do that or to do that. But um, I've done a lot of watching. Uh, I've done a lot of talking. Uh, I've done a lot of listening, counseling, clean up on aisle nine of your heart. You know, uh, problem solving, damage control, praying in about the last decade. And so I, I'm going to tell you some things that I think are, are wise Uh, when it comes to the the American practice of dating. So you might go, "Eh, not for me, but I want you to know um, I love you. Uh, I take seriously the things that I study from this and want to apply. I want to tell you um, how to find wisdom and how to find discernment in this topic. So what I'm going to do, and I think you're going to appreciate me a lot more than keeping you, you know, 45 minutes each time and and, and making us go way over. Um, Really, I'd love to do some of these things all at once, uh, but we got a lot going on, and so we can't. So I'm going to I'm going to be breaking them down a little bit to where I think you can get nuggets and, and bites at a time. So that might resonate better anyway. So really, I'm just I want to give you two things tonight. Okay, and this is going to pave the way for I don't know how many weeks the next the next three weeks or so as we talk about <coughs> dating. <coughs> the first thing I want you to understand I don't have it up there is this: um, dating is dangerous. Don't freak out. Don't freak out on me. Um, A car is also dangerous. Yet I still get in one and drive in one every day, don't I? See, here's what I mean. Um, When viewed and used improperly, a car can be very dangerous. A car can be deadly. When it's viewed incorrectly, um, when it's operated incorrectly, it can be deadly. You know, we don't generally think of a car as being deadly or dangerous. We generally think of it as it's just a given. You know, we think of it functionally as uh, it's a car. You, you get in it. You drive. It's just kind of a given. When we think about dating like that, uh, you date. You're attracted to some person. You get to know some person, and, and, and you date. So while we don't generally think of a car as being dangerous, it can be. And, and as the operator of a car, if every time you get behind a wheel, um, you don't step in with the mindset of, huh, if I don't operate this thing responsibly, uh, it could. It could take my life. It could take another life. It could be very dangerous. I'm going to handle it with care. If you don't have that kind of a view of a car, you, you shouldn't be driving. 
you know, we have, there's, there's benchmarks, there's tests, there's ages that you have to be to, to take on that responsibility, right? Because it's a big one. And uh, as I'm on the road and, and see some of you driving along, um, these tests uh, have proved to be far too easy. Um, I don't know how some of you are allowed to operate vehicles, but you do. But there's things in order going, hey, this is a big deal. I mean, think about it. A car, is, it's a stinking guided missile. You know, you punch down that thing on the right side and you can do some damage to something. Now, listen, I'm not saying don't date. I won't say that. I won't say that through the series. Uh, I'm not saying that dating bad, 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 bad. And listen, there are so many opinions, and books, and articles, and sermons, and all that stuff on, I'm talking the this end of the spectrum to way over there. There's guys going, do not date. No, 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 no. In any circumstances, bad. There's guys giving age limits, you know, this age to do this. And then you come over here and there's some that are going, as soon as you like girls or boys, you, I mean, if you're 10, you date, 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 date around. Don't take it seriously. It's not a big deal. Date, 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 date. They're all over. Uh, I'm hoping to go, hey, for you, I, I want to look at what is, what is wise, what is God-honoring, what's biblical. So I'm not saying that. I'm not saying dating bad, don't date. Here's what I am saying. Dating is dangerous. So is a car. Dating should be approached. It should be viewed. Uh, it should be entered into and handled with great care. It should be entered into and handled with great care uh, and wisdom and discernment and accountability. You, you don't need to be out on an island. You're not married yet. And so you don't need to just be pairing off doing your own thing. So there needs to be accountability. Um, there needs to be plenty and plenty of caution used when entering the dating world. There just does. And I promise, I'm not saying this as, as the disconnected, above the reality of, of culture and life church guy. I'm not at all. So, dating is dangerous. Now, that comment does not mean that it is intrinsically bad. It does not mean that it is sinful. It does not, and, and you're not hearing your youth pastor, Landon Ditto, say, do not date. Um, now, in discussing this kind of off the cuff with some of you before, I've said that, you know, just as... Some people should be able to drive a car and some shouldn't. Um, some probably shouldn't enter into a dating relationship. Uh, maybe because of, of sin struggles. Maybe <coughs> because of past. Maybe because, you know, have we been talking about getting the first tile in peace? Which is God seeking first the kingdom of God. So, you know... If, if 10 people at 10 different times came and sat on my couch and said, hey, do you think I should date? I really like this girl. I really like this guy. What do you think? What does the Bible say? I would probably have 10 different answers. I think to some, I'd go, that chick loves the Lord. You do too. Um, you've got great accountability and leadership at home and, and here at church. I, hey, I think this is going to be a very fun and a cool and healthy thing. For others of you, I'd say, I really, really wouldn't enter, enter into a dating relationship right now, um, if even in the next few years. So that's kind of just a, a little preview of, of my view where I want to take you. It's not a blanket, uh, well, when you're 16, you're ready to date. And there's 16-year-olds, honestly, that are more ready to date than some 28-year-olds, and then vice versa. So dating is dangerous. I, I really believe that it is, and I hope that, you, I hope that you're not so naive that you go, oh, my gosh, 
like he has kids, which means he's old, um, like an out of touch or something. And like he did it this way and whatever. I hope that you're not so naive as to go, I I can figure it out and I know it all. Um, I want you to listen to people. I want you to listen to your leaders as you maybe discuss this even outside of this setting. I want you to listen to me uh, as I've really prayed and, and thought over and searched this on what's wise and what's discerning. So dating is dangerous. Doesn't mean it's no. It's dangerous, though. Um, the second thing I want you to understand is this. God gives us what we need to navigate danger. That's kind of the good news. Um, he gives us what we need to navigate danger. If you've listened at all um, up to this point in the series, you've hopefully gathered this. Without God's grace intervening into our hearts and our lives, um, we're dangerous even to ourselves. God's word in Jeremiah says that our heart's sick. says it deceives us. It says we, we can't really understand it. Um, we have a lot of passion in here. We, all, we have a lot of ideas in here. Um, we've, got, we've got a lot of things, a lot of thoughts, but without God giving and showing us wisdom and discernment, um, we're, we're lost. Remember how I said we're begging God for discernment. And we looked in Proverbs chapter 2, verse 11 uh, through 15. Discretion, that's what we want, discernment. Discretion will watch over you, delivering you from the way of evil, from men of perverted speech who forsake the paths of uprightness to walk in the ways of darkness whose paths are crooked and who are devious in their ways. So without God intervening, um, our hearts are very misguided and they're very lost when it comes to this relationship thing, when it comes to this dating thing. (coughs) Excuse me. Also, the world around us, not only are we dangerous to ourselves, but the world around us is dangerous. So that means that we get a lot of bad ideas when it comes to relationships just from the world around us. Paul in Romans 12, remember how he says, hey, don't be conformed to this world. Uh, Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I mean, basically what he's saying is there's obviously two different ways to do things and live. Here's the world. Here's how I've called you to be in the world. So so he's going um, over here is don't don't be like them. To cross this over into dating, it's going, yeah, yeah, I know this is like the norm. I know this is the norm of of how you hook up and when you hook up and what it looks like and what you do and the boundaries and what it feels like and just how it works. Don't don't be conformed to that. You don't have to be. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And that's what we want throughout this entire conversation. But listen, we can be encouraged, guys. God has given us, A, His very Spirit. For us believers, we have the very Spirit of God. To do what our flesh cannot. What the Holy Spirit of God can do in us, the sin that He can kill for us and through us, our flesh cannot. So we have the very Spirit of God, and we also have His Word. We have His words. I want to close reading what Chris read, if you were here last week, from Psalm 19. Um, I'll read it real quick, and I have it up here for you. This um, This is a person who loves what God has to say about living according to His way. It says, The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandments of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The rules of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, even much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and drippings of the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is your servant warned, and keeping them there is great reward. Guys, we're going to be unpacking some things about God's rules in the next coming weeks. We're going to be unpacking some things about my, you know, some, some uninspired wisdom, if you will. 
But here's what I want your brain to feast on before all that. Paul, in 1 Corinthians 10, he's talking to a culture much like ours. They're very busy. Life is complex. Um, there's, there's tons of cultural pressures, you know, pressing in from every side. Here's what he tells these kind of people. So I think if Paul were here, here's, here's what he would tell us. So I'm going, hey, Paul, we need some help. Um, we're talking about relationships and dating and all that. What do you say? I think he's going to say what's in 1 Corinthians 10, verse 31. He goes, says this, hey, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, whatever, whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Guys, if you're showing up to learn like some better tips just for a better life, like, okay, I want to follow God's rules so that life is just better and happier for me, then you're, you're a little misguided. Now, yes, when we do things God's way, when we do things God's way when it comes to relationships, dating, sex and marriage, um, life is better. I believe that life is happier. It's, it's cleaner. But ultimately, God's laws are not about us. God's laws are ultimately about His glory. And so when we date right, (coughs) when we frame up these other things right, here's what we do. We're bearing God's image to the world. We're mirroring God. We make Him big. We glorify Him. We reflect Him. We bring Him glory. That should be our motivator. That is what life is all about for the believer, even in the context of dating. So promise me that you're going to come back. Um... We're going to have, again, a lot of fun, more and more fun. Also, I would suggest and challenge you to to bring people. As we continue to uncover these things about the Creator, we're going to see that when we do mess these things up, all of us have uh, or are or will, we're going to see what makes that right. What gives us an identity? What gives us the, the right motivation to want to go and learn these things so that we bring God glory, not just us? So let me pray, all right? Father, thank you so much um, that you have just given us an hour together. It's just good to be with God's people. Um, it's fun. I mean, we can, we can laugh. We can talk serious. We can pray. We can cry out. It's just a beautiful picture um, of what you do for your people. You didn't just call us individually. Um, Lord, you, you, you called us um, to each other. You call this to yourself, and it's a great thing. Lord, I pray that in the coming weeks as we're talking very practically, Lord, about issues that, that we face, questions that we have, relationships that we're in, that we're thinking about being in, Lord, I pray that you would keep people encouraged, that you are a, a good God, and that when we do seek you first, when we seek first this kingdom, Lord, all of the other things will be added to us. So would you cause what Paul's challenge to the Corinthian church, would you cause us to live out that call that whatever we do, Lord, we do it for your glory, not just for our you know, own little happy lives. We love you and we ask these things only in Christ Jesus' name. Amen.